The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Jesus' parents brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Today we celebrate the feast of the presentation of Jesus in the temple, which is also known as the purification of St. Mary the Virgin, and also as Candlemas. It is called the purification after the Jewish ritual custom prescribed in the 12th chapter of Leviticus, where the mother of a male child is commanded to undergo 40 days of cleansing from the blood of childbirth 
and then to offer herself and her child at the temple with an offering. Her purification is accompanied by the presentation of her child. The ritual itself is a consecration of both the mother and child's lives to God, and the offering is a sign of thanksgiving and gratitude for safe delivery of the child and the continued health of the mother, which was by no way guaranteed in those days. If the parents were rich enough, they would offer a lamb. If they were too poor, they would offer two turtle doves or two pigeons, as Joseph and Mary did. That the feast is also called Candle Mass originates with Simeon's prophecy that the Christ child would be a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of God's people, Israel. Later, church tradition has this day as the feast on which beeswax candles were blessed for use both in churches and in private homes throughout the year. And that is how we started our liturgy today. The presentation in the temple closes Luke's narrative of Jesus' infancy. Luke's telling of Jesus' birth and early childhood contains three hymns that scholars believe predate the writing of the gospel itself. Those three hymns are very familiar to those who pray morning and evening prayer in the Book of Common Prayer, and they are also very dear to monastic communities who sing them in the Divine Office. The Benedictus, or Song of Zechariah, features in our Office of Matins. The Magnificat, or Song of Mary, features in our Office of Vespers. And we sing the Nunc Dimittis, or Song of Simeon, every night in our Office of Compline. It is this third hymn which is featured in today's Gospel passage, Simeon's hymn of praise to the baby Christ resonates in me as another ode to joy. Simeon, nearing the grave, knowing that his time is short, trusting that the promise must be near, lives long enough to hold salvation in his arms and to look into the eyes of the one who will save not only Israel but Gentiles as well the whole world. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Let's consider the words of the Nunc Dimittis itself. Now you are dismissing your servant in peace. At the end of the day, when we sing Compline, I sing this hoping that I can let go of any preoccupation, worry, or anxiety I may have held during the day. Creation is in God's hands, not under my control, thank you very much. 
God is here with us all, with each of us, now and forever. Fret not and trust in the Lord. For my eyes have seen your salvation, Simeon says. At the end of the day, I sing this, recognizing that God has been present and active in life all day. And with luck, I recognized God in the face of my brothers, in the interactions with our guests, our staff, our contractors, our directees. Simeon continues, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. At the end of the day, I sing this, recognizing that Christ cannot be but universal. I rejoice that our salvation is corporate. We are being transformed together if at varying paces. God saved us one and all, and salvation continues, if we can but see with the eyes of our hearts. Near the end of my life, I hope I will be able to sing the Nunc Dimittis with a full-hearted gratitude for its unfolding and with hope for what is yet to come. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. In the ordinariness of parents bringing their baby son to the temple for an offering, Simeon saw something greater, indeed the greatest gift of all. He is teaching us to wait and watch and see and praise. So let us use our spiritual practices wisely and faithfully and be watching and praising with Simeon in our liturgies of hymns of the good news, in our own private prayer, in our acts of mercy in the world, all in the assurance that Christ comes and reveals himself to us in ways we expect and ways that surprise, in the convenient and the inconvenient, in the knowable and in ways beyond knowing. Yet, Christ is through all and in all and with all. Today's feast, would you believe it, has yet another name, which focuses not on why the Holy Family went to the temple, but on what happened while they were there. In the Byzantine rite, this feast is remembered as Hippapante, or the meeting, a reference to the meeting of the Christ child and his mother Mary with Holy Simeon and the prophet Anna. Simeon, we're told, was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. Anna was of a great age and never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. By my reckoning, Anna had been living a devout life in the temple for a good 60 years at least. Simeon and Anna can be conceived of as sort of proto-monastics. 
They live entirely devoted to God in regular prayer and in constant hope for the fulfillment of Israel's longing. Anna and Simeon were living in light of their ultimate hope. And so it's not surprising that they, of everyone present in the crowded temple that day, these proto-monastics, noticed an otherwise unnoticeable couple with their infant coming to offer two turtle doves, the offering appointed for the poor. Anna and Simeon had cultivated a different way of seeing. We are no longer called with Anna and Simeon to simply live in hope of Christ, to live in Advent, as it were. But rather we are called to live in Epiphany, in Christ revealed among us, also in us and through us. In the first coming of Christ, recognized by Anna and Simeon, the eschaton, our telos, or goal, or end, arrives as a person, as one embodying that final fulfillment. Some, including Teilhard de Chardin, foresee that the eschaton will arrive not as an individual person, but as a community, a collective person, as the fullness of the ever-growing body of Christ, as it comes into being through the whole of the human family. However, we cannot mother the growing Christ and escape the sword that will pierce our soul, as Simeon prophecies to Mary. As we open ourselves to Christ's growing presence in creation and in community, with Mary we will feel the pain of Christ as he struggles to come into form through each of us. Our hearts will become sensitive to the human, the animal, and the ecological suffering that surrounds us. Our mercy will be as wide as God's mercy. Or love will be as encompassing as God's love. And along this path of organic growth to the universal Christ, we monks will continue to sing the three hymns of Luke's infancy narrative, to remember the revolutionary message of God's love and justice for all. As St. Augustine wrote in his commentary on Psalm 73, Qui bene cantat bis orat, who sings well, prays twice. Amen. <laughs>